now tuned in to No One Watches Regular News No More Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Bogor, and this is episode 23. Welcome back on this Wednesday. I hope everyone is having a good week so far. It's the middle of the weekend. We have almost made it through the week, heading into the weekend. So I hope everyone is having a great week. Um, As we all know, the Dodgers, the L.A. Dodgers, my wife is a huge L.A. Dodgers fan. They won the World Series last night, the 2020 World Series last night beating Tampa Bay Rays in a 3 to 1 victory their first title since 1988 so both the LA Dodgers and the LA Lakers have brought titles championships to the city of LA um one thing my wife said last night was which, which was a uh, pretty funny to me but it, it did have some truth to it she was saying she was seeing videos on social media of people praying and lighting candles um my wife her family are catholic so uh catholic so they have you know the image of the mother mary jesus uh jesus mother in their home and then we also have a picture of the mother mary in our home and and every single time her father comes over he stops and he prays for a moment in front of the uh the picture of mary so my wife was saying that people lighting candles, praying, you know, having the, the image of the Mother Mary, this kind of put everybody on the same vibration. So if you, if you know anything about Law of Attraction, the more you focus your thoughts on a particular thing, it manifests. So my, my wife was saying that, you know, it's funny that, but the fans, people that support the Dodgers, were you know lighting candles praying so people were on their same vibration so it is a a kind of power to being able to pray together you know so a family that prays together stays together in the case of the dodgers the uh the fans that pray together win so you know that's i just thought that that was one very fascinating and interesting way to kind of look at how the Dodgers won. Maybe that the fans did play a role in praying and lighting candles. You know, you have the image of the Mother Mary. So maybe that actually was a thing to where that helped build momentum. You know, people were on that same vibration of praying together. And the L.A. Dodgers were able to win the world series and beat tampa bay and be world champions all right so the next story that i'm getting to real quick is um is the bet hip-hop awards uh last night i didn't watch it but i, I was just seeing kind of a few clips of it and i asked my wife a question about pop smoke so pop smoke is a was a up and coming rapper and his life was cut short. He was shot and killed. So it was a a um robbery. So Pop Smoke is a up and coming rapper. He he gets shot and killed in in LA, not even in his own city, in LA. And you know, it's unfortunate because here's a guy that had a promising future, great future ahead of him. And his life was cut short. So 
at the BET Hip Hop Awards this year, it was a category for, I think it was Best New Artist. Best New Artist, yeah. So Best New Artist and Pop Smoke was in the category of Best New Artist. It was him, um, I think Rob Wave, another guy that I like, um, Mulatto. NLE Chopper, who's a, a young teenager, who's a who's a rapper. So I asked my wife the question, do you think that this award was more of a sympathy award given to Pop Smoke because he had died? And she was like, that's a good question. Um, because the way I look at it is that Pop Smoke received best new hip hop artist because he has because he was deceased. He's he's dead. He's he's gone. So the only right thing to do is to award Pop Smoke, you know, give him this award because next year I'm quite sure that he won't be in any category. So but the the, the thing is that why do why are you worth more dead than alive? Why are you valued more in, in your death than when when you are alive? So Pop Smoke really didn't get the recognition that he should have, in my opinion, when he was alive, because he was an up-and-coming popular rapper, but he didn't get have enough time to blossom and grow into a a career as a uh, rapper. So he didn't have that time. So, in my opinion, you know, at the BET Hip Hop Awards, um, giving Pop Smoke the award as Best New Hip Hop Artist is more of a sympathy because you feel bad that he was killed. You know, and I told my wife this and we spoke about it for briefly. And and it's just it's just how I look at it and, and feel that it's more of a sympathy award given to Pop Smoke. Um, because next year he probably won't be in any category at the BET Hip Hop Awards. You know, he probably won't even be mentioned. You know, it'll be brought up as rappers who have been killed in the past year or so, whatever. But Pop Smoke probably won't be in any category. So, you know, it's only right and only fitting that you give him the award. But I hate how rap artists who are killed, you know, the way he is, they only really recognize in their death because it's a big thing. It's, it's all on social media. Everyone knows about it. So why not award Pop Smoke, this, um, give him Best New Artist this year? So this next story is about uh, Jeff Garcia criticizes Patriots Cam Newton for his clothing choices. Uh, why are you dressing like this? So we all know that Cam Newton dresses very, um, very out there. Some people say it's bizarre. You know, it's his style. It's how he dresses, whatever. But Deion Sanders said one time, NFL great Deion Sanders once said that when he dressed good, he felt good about himself. And he performed good. So it is a connection between how you look and how you feel and the way you perform. So it, it is some truth to that. So to Deion Sanders, he took pride in how he looked, how he dressed. Uh, Deion Sanders was very, when he dressed when he was younger, his primetime years, when he was really primetime, he was very out there. Very flashy guy. 
a jury, you know, that's how Deion Sanders dressed. That was his style. So Cam Newton has his own style, but it's under scrutiny. It's being criticized as, man, why are you dressing like that? Man, you just look weird. So as we all know, if you watch the NFL, the New England Patriots uh, are having a difficult time in winning right now. So when they first began the season, they looked good. These last three games, oh, they looked bad. So the uh, New England Patriots were no match for the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday as they got blown out. 33-6. Now, um, Cam Newton was pulled out of the game in the fourth quarter because at that point, the game was out of reach. So Bill Belichick elected to pull Cam Newton out of the game in favor of second-year signal caller Jared uh, Stidham. Following the game, former 49ers 49ers quarterback Jeff Garcia, who works as a studio analyst for NBC Sports Bay Area, went off on what he believes is on of Newton's biggest problems, his flashy attire. That's right. So the argument is, his Cam Newton's, uh, the way that he dresses, is this the reason of his bad performance? He's dressed bad, he performs bad. But I'm sure Cam Newton... How he dresses, you know, he feels a, a certain way about himself. So he feels good. You know, it, you know he thinks that the, the way that he dresses is okay. So his performance should reflect that. But in this case, it's not reflecting his performance. Um, you go into this game with two touchdowns, four interceptions. You threw, what, three or more interceptions, Garcia said. You get yanked in the second half. There's nothing good going your way. Why are you dressing like that to bring more attention to yourself? I'll be trying to ask the equipment managers, put me in your jock stock, um, jock sock cart and sneak me in the back door and I'll show up on the field and do the best I can. So Jeff Garcia, who was the former quarterback for the 49ers, is saying, you know, look, man, the way he dresses is a huge problem. You know, it's too flashy, it's, it's too much attention, and his, the way that he's performing on the field is pretty horrible. So, and, and it's a fair question. Now, some people will go as far to say, well, why is Jeff Garcia criticizing the black quarterback? So, other people would jump to defend Cam Newton. Um... This is what one guy said. Uh, Jeff Garcia had been waiting a long time to get this off his chest about Cam Newton. Now, people, they, they, they always have had something to say about how Cam Newton has dressed. Now, I, for one, I like Cam Newton, but I've also felt like, damn, man, why does he dress that way? Looks weird, but hey, man, that's Cam Newton, man. He can do what he want to do. You know, my opinion does not matter on what Cam Newton and how he dresses, that's not a big deal. But the New England Patriots are not doing too good right now. So, you know, and the question was just raised by Jeff Garcia, why does he dress that way? They're not winning. And I see his point. Um, one person wrote, imagine thinking how you dress affects how you played. Again, Deion Sanders did say that how he dressed, how he felt, made his performance better. That's This is what Deion Sanders said. 
Some people will say, well, why is Jeff Garcia criticizing what Cam Newton's wears? And he's not performing good. So I see Jeff Garcia's argument, but it's not really. It don't matter how you dress anyway, because you're not winning. So why why is this even a topic of discussion? How you dress? That's besides the point. The Patriots are, are not playing well, even with Cam Newton dressing that way. It does not matter. The Patriots are not doing too well. So Newton definitely had his fair share of struggles during Sunday's game. The Patriots signal caller completed 9 of 15 passes for just 98 yards and three picks. None of that is directly connected to his per his pre or post game clothing choices, though. Um, following the game, Bill Belichick affirmed the Patriots are sticking with Newton as a team starting quarterback. So Bill Belichick has no problem with um, Cam Newton starting. It's just what's the point of having your starting your starting quarterback in the game and you're being blown out. There is no point at, at that at that moment in continuing in, in allowing Cam Newton to still play. So pull him out the game. It looks bad, but that's Bill Belichick and that's his call. But again, I I don't see the argument in his clothes and how he dresses and this affects how he plays. At this point, it don't matter. You're playing horrible. Even if Cam Newton felt that he felt good and how he dressed made him feel good, it does not matter because his performance, it don't reflect that as of right now. So I see Jeff Garcia's argument, but it it doesn't matter at this point because you're not winning. So uh, again, people will point out the most small things and criticize you and think that it's a major point, but it's really not. Jeff Garcia criticizing Cam Newton's clothing choices is not really a a good argument. I mean, why? Why? They're losing. It don't matter how he dresses. They're, they're fucking losing. So it, it don't matter. So I for one thought that Jeff Garcia could have left the comments to himself. I see his point, but it, it don't matter. Because the New England Patriots are not winning. Alright, this next story is about Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones uh, apologizes after telling radio hosts, shut up. Now, we all know I'm a Cowboys supporter, not a huge fan, a supporter of the Cowboys. They are terrible right now. They are 2-5, and five, I think, on the season. Uh, they're just not playing good in... The frustration is mounting, and you can just tell that within the organization, with the team, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of guys that are frustrated with the performance and how the, the season has gone so far, especially when you lose Dak Prescott. So right now, the Cowboys are not doing too well. And Jerry Jones, how he responded to a radio host, shows the frustration that's building up in... What people were expecting was a better season than last season, but it did not turn out that way. So Dallas Cowboys owner and GM Jerry Jones had a, a exchange during his weekly radio segment on Tuesday when asked if the team has had leadership void. 
So they have been asking of leaderships. Jones became uh, curt on his appearance with uh, Shane and RJ's show on 105.3. The fan is one of the hosts attempted to clarify the question. Well, shut up and let me answer, Jones said while interrupting Shane. No, he doesn't see leadership issues. Uh, Jones later apologized for the exchange uh, between the two. He is frustrated with the Cowboys 25 start uh, record as well as the fact that multiple players are out for the season due to injuries, including quarterback Dak Prescott. So Jerry Jones has exhibited, look, man, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm just mad that the season is not going the way that I thought it should in the last season didn't go the way that people felt that it should have. So overall, if you are a Cowboys supporter fan, you are waiting for that breakout season. You want your team to be successful, but it's just not showing to be that way. And when Jerry Jones went on the radio show, uh, again, 105.3, and he said, well, shut up and let me answer, Jones said, while interrupting, you know, he was asked a question about leadership issues. That's what, you know, that shows you the mind state that they have right now, Jerry Jones and the organization. So where do you go from here if you're the Cowboys and you're struggling this bad? Uh, at this point, I think the season should be finished after watching Sunday's game against Washington. And how the Cowboys responded when Andy Andy Dalton uh, went down as a result of that dirty hit. And the Cowboys didn't respond and defend their quarterback, their teammate. That summed up the season. That, you know, it's lost. There's a lost cause. There's no reason to keep hope alive at this point. You know, from that, you know, happening Sunday to what Jerry Jones said to a radio host where he says shut up and then he later apologizes for his comments it just shows you the built-up frustration and how intense it is at the Dallas Cowboys organization and and you know the tension and what's going on it's a lot of frustration and you can tell based on Jerry's comments I man you can just tell man they're just frustrated with how the season is going they want to be successful but it's not you know going the way they thought it should go. And it's disappointing because you put so much faith and you you hype it up, you know, you want to have a good season. And your starting quarterback, Dak Prescott, uh, goes down with the injury. And then your backup quarterback, you know, gets hurt. So, it, you know, yeah, it's so far it's been a, a tough ride so far. All right, this next story is about Jared Kushner. Uh, Jared Kushner criticized after saying black Americans need to want to be successful. Now, he caught some backlash. Comedian Chelsea Handler also says some very negative and offensive things about 50 Cent, as I said in a previous podcast about how she had to remind 50 Cent that he was black. So we pick and choose who we want to be mad at. So we don't want to be mad, mad at Chelsea Handler because she kept it real. I guess whatever. 
But Jared Kushner says something and people are offended by it. See how we pick and choose who we want to be mad at. So Jared Kushner says something and people are emotional about it. They they don't like it. It's offensive. So this is what Jared Kushner said. The policies that can help people break out of the problems that they're complaining about. But he can't want them to be successful more than they want to be successful. And again, one thing we've seen in a lot of the, 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 the black community, which is mostly Democrat, is that uh, President Trump's policies are the policies that can help people break out of the problems that they're complaining about. But he can't want them to be successful more than they want to be successful. And, and again, one thing we've seen. All right. So you heard what Jared Kushner said. Um, this is what the article said about Jared Kushner. Uh, this was in USA Today. Um, White House advisor and. President Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, came under heavy criticism after he said Monday that black Americans have to want to help themselves in order for the president's policies to help them. Um, people are offended by his comments and what he said by insinuating that black Americans do not want to be successful. So people are saying this is what he meant, he meant by what he said. That we don't want to be successful. So we have to want to be successful because we lack that in our minds and in how we think. So I don't feel any kind of way about what he said. I don't feel any kind of way about what Jared Kushner said in saying that black Americans have to want to help themselves in order for the president policies to help them. One thing I can respect about the Republican side is they do not cater to these low-life issues. They don't cater to police brutality, racism, systematic racism. I like the fact that they don't cater to these low-life issues. I call them low-life issues because that's what they are to me. Recently, it has been a shooting in Philadelphia. A officer shoots a guy with a knife and people are, are upset because they feel the officer did not have to do that. Now, yesterday on my Instagram page, I posted a, a video. I, I explained this. It's your natural instinct to defend yourself, right? When you are faced with danger, what do you do? What's your natural instinct? If a person pulls a gun on me and demands my cash... My natural instinct is to is to survive the encounter. So I comply. I cooperate. If a person hits me, my natural instinct is to defend myself. If I'm at home, I'm, I own a firearm. If a person enters my home with a knife and charges at me, my natural instinct is to shoot to kill. Not shoot to wound the person or disable them so when we look at what's going on in philly like in most major cities these issues continue and progress if you notice a lot of smaller cities do not have these major problems when it comes to police brutality So looking at what's going on in Philly and how people are responding, they're looting, they're rioting. I'm seeing people going to Walmart, steal TVs, steal washing machines. How does this 
how is this connected to dealing with police brutality? All it is is you have people that's taking advantage of what's going on. It's not dealing with the issue. If you really feel some kind of way about police officers, it has to be more people that's willing to become officers. They work in the city. They work in the community where they come from. You have to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And this is where we're at right now in America to where we are quick to get upset, get emotional, cry, get mad. But there's no real solution to the problem. So when Jerry uh, Kushner says. And people get offended by what he said. And stating that, you know, black Americans have to want to be uh, to help themselves. We have a serious issue. In communities where we live at. We have to get rid of these issues, uh, the violence, the gangs, the drugs. These things have to go away. Helping yourselves is being able to be a part of the change, the problem. Don't be the problem, excuse me. Don't be the problem, be a part of the change. You have to help yourself. I have no issue with that statement. Help yourselves. Don't think that people are just going to show up and help you out even though you're not helping yourself out. It don't work that way. So people are butthurt and upset about what Kushner said. And I don't see any issue with what he said. I see more of an issue with what Chelsea Handler said about 50 Cent, stating that she had to remind him that he was black. That's more offensive than what he's saying by saying, look, you know, you got to help, you know, you got to want to help yourselves. Help themselves. In, in order for the policies to help them. I don't see nothing wrong with that statement. But people are upset. At what he said. Emotional about it. But when you look at what's going on right now in Philadelphia. If you feel some kind of way about what happened. Be a part of the change. Not the problem. Rioting. Looting. Burning down businesses. Does not fix anything it it does not resolve the issue like i said before what do you do if you're an officer and a person is charging at you with a knife and you have a gun i know what i do i'll shoot the kill it's either your life or my life i've seen several encounters where the officer what he should have done was drew his gun and shot the suspect but instead he approached the suspect and tried to talk to him and get his name and find out what's going on the suspect either put out a knife or a gun and attacked the officer so what do you do if you're an officer what do you do like i said i don't see nothing wrong with what jared kushner said you have to want to help yourselves and right now we don't exhibit that we don't Act as if we want to help ourselves. We want people to do it for us. They are not going to come into your community, your neighborhood, and clean up the mess. They are not going to reduce the violence for you, reduce the drugs for you, reduce the gangs for you. It has to be people that's willing to take the initiative, leaders to step up and say, this is enough. 
Let's change the way we think. Let's change the way things are done in our community and make a direct change for the better. So we don't continue to see these issues pop up over and over again. All right, this next article is about Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson is known as the baddest man on the planet. Now, for me, I know for a fact any man that's not afraid of his wife is something wrong with you. Every man that's married that does not have a little fear or a little afraid of his wife, you're not living right. This is what Mike Tyson said. Um... In the article, it says Mike Tyson confronts Boosie Badass over his comments about Dwayne Wade's transgender daughter. Now, we all know uh, what Boosie said earlier this year. So Boosie Badass made headlines earlier this year after what was what was described as transphobic and homophobic comments about Dwayne Wade's child who had transitioned from a boy to a girl. Months later, however, the rapper had to sit down and talk with Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. Uh, this was a podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Um, Mike Tyson asked the rapper why he takes the objection to people living in the truth. And this is what Mike Tyson said. Why do you say things about people who might be homosexual? Why do you why do you say that about them? Tyson asked in the video, do you feel there's a possibility that you're homosexual, a homosexual? And by disrespecting them, it furthers yourself from being a homosexual. I'm thinking you might like homosexuals. Boosie then stated by saying this, that he's straight in an straight as an arrow Tyson clarified by explaining that he wasn't trying to call Boosie gay he just confused as to why gay people tend to bother the rapper if you're straight then why do you feel why do you offend people Tyson asked now Tyson was just asking a question to Boosie based on his comments earlier this year directed at Dwayne Way's child and Boosie explained himself and and how he felt about a child making that decision at that a young age. Uh, Tyson also explained, you know, he's not your child. He's not a part of your family. Uh, he felt like it was his right to speak about the family decisions. You know, even though she's not his child or, or a part of his family, he felt the need to speak about the family's decision to allow their son to transition from a boy to a girl. And Boosie feels some kind of way about it. Like a lot of people that feel that a child might be too young to make that decision because it's not very, it's not rational. It's based on emotions, based on feelings. Um, this is a long-term decision. And who, who to say... 20 years from now, 15 years from now, those feelings or those emotions might change. And it's a way to uh, talk about this in an educated way without coming off as offensive. And people forget this. 
But Mike Tyson is intimidating. And I was scared for Boosie because Tyson, Mike Tyson has a demeanor, how he talks, his body language, uh, the way he says it and how he says it comes off as intimidating. So if you ever want to have a guy ask the tough questions, go find Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson can sit down with anybody based on what I've seen in this interview. He can sit down with anybody and ask the tough and the tough question. And you have to respond accordingly. And you have to be very selective on what you say to him and be very careful and clarify. What do you mean? But I love the interview because Mike Tyson is really. A interesting person. Uh, you know, people have followed his career. I have. Um, from his ups, his downs, his his downfall. But overall, Mike Tyson has a very fascinating story. It's very interesting. It's very, in my opinion, it's very, very cool for him to sit down with celebrities and people and talk and have a conversation because Mike Tyson has a a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and years of experience. And he has gone through a lot of things. Um, but Mike Tyson having a conversation with Boosie over his comments, you know, that's, you know, to me, that's iconic because he's that perfect guy that can do it. He can talk to you and pick your brain and ask you, why do you feel that you, should say that like what give you the right to think that it's your place to judge someone that you don't even know you know that's the family's decision the choice to allow their daughter their son to make this transition you know you can always have your opinions and, and how you feel about it but you can also express those thoughts those opinions in a educated way to where it does not come off as offensive and sometimes, you know, a lot of people can put their foot in their mouth and say the wrong thing and not be careful on what they say. But again, Mike Tyson, I was scared for Boosie the entire interview. Mike Tyson is intimidating. Even when he was asking Boosie the question, you know, you can kind of see Boosie like, damn, man, you know, he had to ask me, the, you know, this question or my comments about this. But Tyson was just trying to pick at his brain and figure out why did you say this why did why did you feel compelled to say this about someone you barely know you have no right to is not your child why do you feel this way and Boosie explained and and of course you know people take what was said in the interview and they create their own content and say Mike Tyson confronts Boosie it wasn't Tyson was confronting Boosie. He was, it was just he was asking questions based on what Boosie Badass said so he can clarify it. And Mike Tyson was just curious to know what, did he, what do you really mean by what you said. All right, this next story is about Las Vegas strip layoffs continue. Uh, you know, so, of course, the pandemic is causing a lot of issues, especially when it comes to the economy and Financial loss, uh, the pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19 is causing issues. 
1,200 workers cut at Tropicana, uh, MGM, uh, Grand Garden Arena, Park Theater. As we all know, like if you uh, are looking for flights and you're traveling, you're noticing that uh, there's not as many people traveling as it normally would be. Uh, as a result, I've been reading about how airliners uh, are having issues. Uh, they're losing money. People are not traveling. It's not safe to travel. Um, mass layoffs are, are continuing on the strip as COVID-19 travel fallout keeps tourists and their money away from gambling and entertainment destination. Uh, more than 1,110 workers at Tropicana and two live entertainment venues at Park MGM and MGM Grand are losing their jobs, according to notices sent to Nevada employment officials. While Park Theater, MGM Grand Garden Arena are, are tied to MGM Resorts property, the layoffs impact the layoffs impact employees. Of it says, I remark, I think a third-party vendor. It operates at those locations. Uh, here are the cuts of each of each location. Tropicana, 828. Park Theater, 180. MGM Grand Garden Arena, 164. Uh, significant drags on our business will likely continue for the foreseeable future. Road Tropicana Assistant um, General Manager Mike... Um, we could not have anticipated when our properties would be allowed to reopen and how restrictive the new operating conditions would be and the negative impact this would have on business volume. Uh, when me and my wife was in Las Vegas this past August, we saw this firsthand. Um, we saw at least one hotel shut down. There was nobody going in or out. And you saw... A lot of bars shut down. The casinos were open, but it wasn't a whole lot of people, a lot of people out there uh, in Las Vegas on the Strip. When I went to Las Vegas, I think maybe two years ago, it was jam-packed with people everywhere. Uh, this year is different. It's not as many people out there, you know, tourists, you know, being there on the Strip. It just wasn't... From what I saw, what me and my wife saw, it just wasn't as busy as I saw it was the last time I went to Las Vegas. An additional 132 Tropicana uh, workers will lose their jobs in December, according to a second letter sent to Nevada officials. Uh, devastating business closures and travel fallout in the wake of COVID-19 have led to layoffs for hundreds of thousands of workers in this gambling and entertainment mecca. So Las Vegas is a traveler paradise. You know, tourists love to go there to go on the strip and look around, gamble, go to the casinos, MGM Grand. You know, you got Caesar Palace. So people love going to Las Vegas. When I was in Las Vegas, I really enjoyed it. But I didn't notice it was not a lot of people out there on the strip and this was directly linked to the COVID-19, the coronavirus, the pandemic and it does not seem to um it seems that there's no end in sight 
you know, cases are spiking right now. It's not getting any better. It's getting worse than it, it has been. And now that it's getting cold, it seems that cases are going to go up. So it does not seem that the economy is, is looking to recover anytime soon, especially when you look at Las Vegas and what's going on there. It's some concern that it's going to be a huge impact on the economy in Las Vegas, specifically on the Las Vegas Strip. You have a lot of hotels there, uh, hotels there, places to go, and and it's just not, it's just not a lot of people that's traveling there. And the COVID nineteen and this this virus is really uh, causing a major problem in the economy in Las Vegas, and we're seeing that. Again, this article: uh, Las Vegas Strip layoffs continue. One thousand two hundred workers cut at Tropicana, uh, MGM. MGM Grand Garden Arena Park Theater. Um, this is a huge, uh, a huge issue, and hopefully this coronavirus, this COVID nineteen, the cases go down and we don't see these uh, spikes that we have been seeing. Uh, I know for a fact in Dallas where I live at, it's also have been spikes in cases, you know, going up. So it's no end in sight. It don't seem that way. brings me to the conclusion of this podcast no one watches regular news no more podcast hosted by me carrie bogart this is episode 23 i will be back real soon with episode 24 so stay tuned for more topics